Things Unexplained. Hosted by Dr. Mounts. Let's face it, we were always ready to roll without him anyway. <laughs> CJ Derringer. Ain't nobody perfect, right? And Smitty Neves. I've never planned out hardly anything my whole life. I just free ball. Featuring Cajun Man. I'm just old nobody, somebody looking for somebody. We're speaking with former police detective, author, and researcher Scott Lunsford. And you know, Scott, one interesting thing that's happened since COVID became a thing is apparently there's been a whole new onslaught of what you might call citizen sleuths. And I think that they've really... <laughs> Tim's talking about himself. Right. No, it's true, right? <laughs> well, and they specifically mention podcasts, right? Like there are suddenly, you know, COVID hit, everybody's stuck in their house and we've got people all of a sudden like, whoa, we've got the power of the internet here. We've got all these freedom of information laws and the ability to contact people and request things. Hey, let's look up something about this case. Let's let's look up something about this case. And I think that we're in a new wave of law enforcement agencies, you know, being requested for these types of information and it actually seems like in a way history repeating itself it, it and one thing that struck me scott about the murder on montsford from the 20s in Asheville, was mm-hmm. you talked about all not only were the were law enforcement investigating the scene but there were citizens coming from all over <laughs> <laughs> to literally walk around on and tramp across the scene and look for things. Yes. So it's almost like history repeating itself a hundred years later in a technological news sort of way. Do, do you think that this this is a good thing? This new what you you know the new wave of citizen sleuthing. Yes, in a way I do. Uh, as long as it that sleuthing is not violating other people's rights you know you're not setting up in a tree and watching somebody's house through binoculars and you know basically stalking them Uh, but it never hurts to have a second opinion or a different opinion or a different idea Uh, the uh, missing person case in Tennessee for the, the, the young young boy uh, or excuse me, the young girl. She's a lot of people have tried to help with that, and it has actually overwhelmed the sheriff's department, from what I understand, there with their investigation. And a lot of people will call up, "Have you looked over here? Have you done this?" Uh, you know, I was just we were talking the other day over coffee, and uh, I thought that maybe a good place to look for that piece of evidence or what have you would be in old man Simmons uh, barn because nobody goes in there anymore. Yeah, that might be a good point. And the detective for the investigating agency may not have thought about that or even known that the barn existed. Uh, But it's very easy to get overwhelmed, especially with uh, right now, law enforcement agencies are 
uh, their manpower is dropping dramatically. Uh, the city of Asheville is having some problems with that. Uh, Buncombe County off is trying to keep their officers, their deputies, and uh, even Madison County, we're having problems, uh, or not having problems, but we want to keep our people around. And the smaller the county is, the smaller the budget, and it may not be that you don't have enough officers. It may be that uh, you've got a lot of stuff going on and they're investigating a lot of different things so all that's got to be taken into account and, and weighed uh against what information is coming in oh yeah let me ask you a question uh were you ever in work in a case where a person who put their self in the investigation it was a civilian happened to be the one that was guilty because i know that happens with some of these people sometimes because oh, they get question. they want to get as close as they can as the investigation yes I had a uh, 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 child abuse investigation and it ended up being uh, uh, child abuse uh, by proxy uh, Munchausen by proxy yeah. and that parent was the one that was causing the problem and there have been homicides in, in over cases like that uh, luckily enough our case ended well and the parent was able to get some psychological help and the child was was safe and uh, everything turned out well but we still ended up uh, criminally charging the parent because that was the only way we could get her to understand that she had a problem but yes that's that that happens and there, there's always the guy or the person that thinks they're smarter than you yeah. and <laughs> they can pull the wool over and nobody's smarter than you oh there's <laughs> one of the things i told i always told my rookies whenever they started there is always somebody smarter than you there's always somebody faster than you there's always a car that can outrun you there's always something <laughs> better around the corner so uh don't take nothing for granted yeah. I, i'm glad so you, you said remember that. that smitty and tim there's always yeah. somebody better than you <laughs> oh for sure well it's like i said you you don't have to be the fastest person to get away from the bear chase you just faster than, faster the, slowest than the other one, guy yeah so. <laughs> yeah uh, but scott i'm glad you said that because i was actually wondering what was the best piece of advice that someone gave you as a rookie? Oh, that's a very good question. Um, Maybe that was it. Uh, <laughs> realistically, <laughs> I started out as a patrol officer. All, all cops do. You start out as a patrol officer. And I think uh, W.D. Worley, Officer W.D. Worley, who was uh, was a training officer, I got to ride with him. Uh, I, he showed me how to write speeding tickets. He once told me, and it's very, very good advice, and probably something that almost any profession can take under their uh, under advisement. Never pass up an opportunity to go to the bathroom. <laughs> That's basically the That's same. Advice never know you when it's teachers. <laughs> you just can't leave you never know when, when your next opportunity is going to come. Yeah. Yeah. 
You can't just leave your classroom. So if there's a time you can go to the bathroom, you might as well go to the bathroom. Exactly right. Exactly right. If you're standing in the middle of an intersection directing traffic and you're the only one there and you can't step away because the power's out and they'll cause a major in major crash of cars in the intersection if you walk away from it, not to mention the trouble you're going to get in with your supervisor, uh, you got to hold it and you will think and wish that you had gone before when you so, yeah our, i think that probably our motto is if, if, yeah, if kids question. are not supervised and something happens then we're in hot water so you can't keep your eyeballs off like that's exactly right <laughs> famous quotes never miss an opportunity to use the bathroom <laughs> that's terrific i think it could apply to so many situations right nurses doctors (laughs) teachers doctor fire firemen yeah yeah. firemen have a big problem with that you just can't walk away from a fire those guys are crazy well i guess you although i guess you could try to you know put it out while you're there well that's true i didn't think about that (laughs) (laughs) firemen they've got a not an out for the one problem i hadn't even thought about that (laughs) well might be a little too close for comfort yeah Yeah. or what everybody what we used to say is everybody loves a fireman and if you see the fireman coming you're happy to see them if you see the police coming you're generally uh either a victim or you've done something you shouldn't have done so everybody Mm. and those guys are crazy (laughs) lots of respect for them they going into houses that are on fire going out in the woods when Mm -hmm. the places are burning up and Lord watch over those guys out in the West dealing with all that issues right now. With the alpha. Oh, but the yeah. same is true for for officers. Officers put themselves into very scary positions all the time as well. So. Isn't it true that uh, yeah. domestic abuse yeah, true in- uh, calls are the most dangerous for police officers? Is that is that what I've always... Generally speaking, they had in the past, yes, uh, that seems to be... Uh, dissipating somewhat if you look at the statistics that are coming out from uh, the FBI and from uh, the state for uh, assaults and law enforcement officers. Uh, We're actually getting uh, ambushed in uh, uh, not necessarily domestic situations. And I think a lot of that has to do that with the training that we have had and that we get in domestic violence uh, of cases, working, responding and talking to people, trying to calm the situation down. And uh, if you know it's a domestic situation, you're going in with a with an attitude that you can, you know, hopefully get things calm and, and get things taken care of. Uh, whereas if you stop a car, you don't know what's going to happen. But in the past, yes, I've I've been on the end of that. Uh, tried to arrest a guy, and uh, for beating his wife, and he was actually doing it when I got there. And try, in the process, trying to handcuff oh, him, she jumps on my back and starts beating on me. Oh. Leave him alone! Oh, jeez! Oh my God! Uh, you never know. And it's right. and it's and y'all, yeah, it's, it's all right for her to beat on him and him to beat on her. I yeah. couldn't do it. So that that right. thing I got, apparently. 
I have to say, when I first moved um, to North Carolina, I had a landline, which, you know, that's the thing of the past. But in order to check my voicemail, I had to dial my phone number. And our area code here is one nine. So I pick up my phone to call my voicemail, and I accidentally dialed 911. And I hung up the phone immediately, you know, barely rang. When I realized what I had done, I hung up the phone, and they called back. And on the other line, the lady said, are you okay? Are you safe? Is that, you know, does somebody have you? I'm like, I'm okay. I'm sorry. I misdialed. Are you sure? You know, please, you know, say that. I can't remember exactly what she was, but she was giving me instructions in case there was some sort of situation happening there. No, I'm so sorry. I'm so sorry to bother you. I, you know, I really truly was trying to dial my voice, but I hung up the phone 15, 10, maybe minutes later, an officer showed up at my door (laughs) to make sure that I was okay and not in some sort of domestic violence situation, which was amazing to me. And I felt so awful to have wasted anybody's time, but it's kind of impressive to see that uh, response. Better safe than sorry. And, and it, you never know. And uh, some of the unsung heroes out there in law enforcement work and in firework are the dispatchers and the call takers that take those calls and talk to these people and get yelled and screamed at and uh, they stay calm. Uh, I've worked in dispatch uh, myself. Uh, They made all the sergeants at one time when we were having uh, a shortage of dispatchers when a lot of them retired. Uh, We all had to go in and do our time behind the phone. And that's an eye opener. the what they go through and what they do is is truly amazing and they're they're kind of the un, unsung heroes with uh in law enforcement and and firework so all hail the dispatchers hey unexplained ones this is dutch mouse we would love for you to follow us and give us a five-star review check us out at all unexplained.com there you will find links to our facebook instagram twitter buy me a coffee and Patreon. This podcast is made possible with support from listeners like you. We are also brought to you by Coma Toast Tacos, home of Squatching.com, where you'll find my Bigfoot-themed children's books. We appreciate you. And now, back to Detective Scott Lunsford. CJ and Smitty, when I was talking to Scott on the phone for the first time, it became apparent that he was at one time essentially the fox molder <laughs> of the department. <laughs> so any very strange and unusual cases that came through well, that they didn't really want to deal with, they just passed it along to Detective Lunsford, and he actually mentioned a case with a psychic Right, that oh. wanted to tell you where a body was. And oh, this is fascinating. Well, I, I had a captain who was got me aside one one day and it says, I want you to go talk to this person. Uh, they think they have information on the case. I was not assigned to that case. The other detective, there, the the general assignment of the detectives were working it, and but. Uh, he asked me to go talk to this this person because he didn't think, well, nobody else basically, like he said, wanted to do it because she thought she was a psychic. And the captain told me, he says, I did not, he said he did not want to be the person 
that went back to a family and told them that a lead was not checked out that turned out to be true because all because it supposedly came from some mystic place or some uh, ESP connection or whatever however he described it he said in my cases meaning what he was overseeing us everything was going to be checked out and everything was going to be documented so I went out and spoke to the psychic lady and uh, wrote up my report and my documentation and uh, it became part of the case file and uh, that particular one didn't work out uh, didn't have any real good connections to anything in rea not reality but to to the case um, we've had dog psychics call us and I took, yes. I, love that. I took a photograph <laughs> of love that. the dog that was at the crime scene and faxed it to her and she studied the photograph and then I did an interview with her over the phone. Apparently she was a dog psychic. It was, this is amazing. She had some renown and she wasn't from around here. She was from out, out in the Midwest somewhere. And, uh, but she had, what kind of dog was it? It was a Labrador type looking dog. And, uh, oh. she told me what she thought and what she thought the dog had seen. She gave me a description of what the dog told her psychically the suspects might have looked like and uh, how the dog ended up where he was at. And uh, I wrote it all up. Please tell me something came of it. <laughs> Please <laughs> tell me the dog's psychic was right. I can't say that she was right, and I can't say she was wrong, because in reality, that investigation well, is actually still this. open. Were they after a cat burglar? Oh, goodness. Bring the dog psychic back. <laughs> Not according to the dog. <laughs> That's pretty funny. It totally reminds me, as soon as you said that about the dog psychic, there is... And we've had some Marvel Comics fans as guests in the past, but there's a Marvel Comics character, a dog named Cosmo, and Cosmo is a space-traveling telepathic dog. So I just instantly pictured Cosmo when you were talking about the psychic dog. The dog is not a psychic. There is a woman that reads no, dogs. No, uh, the woman yeah. reads the picture <laughs> no, of the dog. The dog was then... Well, <gasps> no. I was yeah. wondering why you asked what kind you're of dog it was. You were wondering if you were, you were going to get oh. one, weren't you? You were going to order one of those dogs. <laughs> don't fly. Yeah. No, but I was just going to well. do some tests on my own dog. He seems very perceptive. Uh -huh. well, let me ask you. I've, I've got a, I've got a one-eyed really? cat that I think is psychic. A one-eyed cat. Yeah, he hangs out with uh, a raccoon. probably knows some voodoo. Yeah, he, he hangs out with a, a raccoon and a possum and a rabbit. They're all three buddies or four buddies. And uh, I'll come home from work and they're all sitting in the driveway or he's sitting with one of them in the driveway. It's the strangest thing. I've never seen a relationship like that before. He just hooks up with, with wild neat. animals locally. So, cool. uh, wow. and, and the neat thing about him, 
uh, he disappeared for over a year and a half and then just walked up out of after about yeah. a year and a half just showed back up again he had apparently uh, picked up by uh some of the uh people that go out and uh, capture stray cats and they thought he was a stray and uh he wasn't a stray he was just curious so wow and somehow he <laughs> totally somehow right. he made that's his way really back neat. home that's amazing it totally reminds me of marie laveau she had a one-eyed cat and a three-legged dog no, I've got a, I've got a one-eyed dog too. Uh, the. Uh, <laughs> what are you doing to these animals? Oh, ones no, 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 no. The, <laughs> the one-eyed cat. He's just old, and his eye is all glazed over. Uh, the one-eyed, my one-eyed Boston oh. Terrier is. Uh, uh, she had to have surgery because her eye got infected, but it's neat because she. On the porch and sit with the cat and one will sit on the one side so their good eye is facing one way and the other will sit on the other side so the good <laughs> eye is facing the other way so that they've got it's, they, they, they work well together they're keeping exactly. a lookout huh? so we have a great question speaking of psychics uh, for Detective Lundstrom George Winters wants to know listener George Winters and by the way we're talking to Former police detective Scott Lunsford, uh, podcaster, author. If a psychic lead was right about evidence, would you immediately make the psychic a suspect? No, I would not. Other other people might, but that wouldn't mean I would not eliminate the idea that that person, that psychic that was giving me the information uh might have got it from a different source either <laughs> as opposed to uh you know seeing something mentally or having an intuition if you've got a grandmama grandmama's got intuition or if you've had a mother who knew what you were doing uh whether you did it or, or right as after you had done it you know that psychic psychic ideas exist <laughs> so You've grown mm. up with a with a in a family, you know. You know that stuff is out there, right? And CJ, before you go on, I just want to say, you know, before people displace the possibility of psychics being involved with investigations, I think it's only fair to, you know, I think listeners of our podcast will remember and know that our own government has indeed conducted investigations on remote viewers and remote viewing and the possibility of it and and so I think that there's there's definitely some credence out there just based on our own government's experiments with remote viewers uh, that you know it's possible there there are people out there that could tap into crime scenes remotely well, I don't know about any of that, but I do know that in the land of fiction, one thing that our listener George and I have in common is that we love the show Psych. And so when you started talking about a psychic who was giving you information, it made me think of 
Psych, who, of course, he's not actually a psychic in the show. He's just very perceptive and is able to pick things up and pretends to be a psychic for the Santa Barbara Police mm-hmm. Department. But do you, have you ever had anybody claiming to be a psychic bring actual evidence? Or has it all been sort of for not? Personally, I, I've not had any that... Mm, no, I take that back. I had a break-in where the uh, individual was leaving odd evidence behind. And uh, there is a lady uh, in the Asheville area who goes by the name of Lady Passion. She's a Wiccan. And I've worked with her on some things. I was their go-between whenever they... Uh, between her organization or her group and the police department when they would hold public rituals. And she, I, I went to her because of the evidence was indicating some sort of um, a person who was involved with, uh, with magic or what they thought were magic. They would leave and they would break into a house and they would take uh, knives from the kitchen and leave them in a certain formation in the driveway and uh, yeah <laughs> it is creepy, creepy. and oh, I wow. thought that was just odd and it took two or three of those before we actually noticed that it was the same formation and I went to Lady Passion and asked her showed her photos and said what is this and she explained to me what it was and uh, she a couple of days later called and gave me uh, a physical description that she said came to her in a dream and it ended up being uh, that physical description was of my suspect it ended up uh, being a juvenile and uh, she had described the the juvenile pretty well not necessarily that I would have stopped that person on the street and said, just snatched him and said, yeah, you're the one that did it. But <laughs> when I got her, when the suspect was brought in or the defendant was brought in, uh, there was a very uh, good resemblance to what uh, what uh, Dixie had told me or Lady Passion had told me. So, yeah, that, that has happened. Mm. That's a tough one to explain, though. Oh, I've got to go see Lady Passion about some magic. Well, I ask, what is one sure. of the... Oh, <laughs> oh, I document it. you got to document yeah, well, it all in the that's case. That's a great name. I've been to one yet. Lady Passion. Been involved with, <laughs> She's a very, talk very nice about lady. Oh. I said, what's one of the more... Uh, what, the say that again, please? ...cases you've been involved in? Maybe something that would be, you know... Uh, along the lines of almost paranormal or any any of those things besides the lady fashion obviously well uh, we had a case where uh, some individuals found a, a woman uh, stretched across a grave on Beaverdam Road uh, with a rabbit that appeared to be sacrificed um on her and she had uh markings drawn on her with the rabbit's blood 
And when the person found her, they were driving by, looked up and said, there's a body laying in the cemetery. They went over there to uh, see what was going on. And uh, she immediately jumped up and started yelling and screaming and freaking the guy out. And he called the police. We went out there or they went out. Patrol guys went out there and I ended up being called uh, because there was uh, concerns that it was also a sexual assault. And I was on I was the on-call sexual assault detective. And uh, that was that was very freaky. And uh, it ended up turning out to not be what it, it was a situation where she was trying to get back at her boyfriend and she staged this per, this kidnapping and uh the rat i was able to locate where she had purchased the handcuffs she had been tied up with where she had i even found where she had bought the rabbit poor thing and uh and uh, the knife at the local grocery store and uh I ended up charging her with cruelty to animals and uh, filing a false police report. And uh, the judge came down very, very hard on the young lady. And she was she was making the whole thing up. So there's been some strange things. Yikes. I had a young lady that showed up. I was brought. She was brought to my attention by one of the group homes, and she told me a wonderful story about how she grew up in a uh, uh, satanic cult and her family was very heavy into the satanic cults and how she had escaped and the different churches were hiding her and moving her about so she could stay away from uh, the church or the, the satanic uh, organization that was chasing after her and uh, uh, she gave me a beautiful freaky story and uh, said she was 15 and uh, she had been told she was going to be Satan's bride and she had had her not uh, shoot uh, uvula you know the, the the thing that hangs in the back of the throat she it was and she showed it to me she opened her mouth up and she could see it it was split and she said that that had been done in the ceremony of the snake by her father and uh, he had split her uvula in order to show she was uh, sanctified for satan and to be his bride and all kinds of things like that and uh us yeah, it was interesting. Uh, I just happened to have a an appointment later on that same day with uh, with the city doctor uh, in uh, for for follow up on a checkup, and I asked him about that. I said, "Have you ever seen? Is it possible for someone to get a uh, their uvula split?" And he started laughing, and he just went nuts laughing. And I I couldn't figure out what the deal was. And I said, Doc, what's going on? What will you laugh at? And he says, I haven't thought about this in years. He says, When I was uh, eight years old, there was a boy in my neighborhood, and uh, he had a split uvula. It's uh, or uh, and it's uh, apparently it's a genetic thing you pass down, and you, some kids have it. It's very very rare not common and this kid used to charge all the other kids in the neighborhood a nickel to look at it 
and he thought that was absolutely <laughs> hilarious that I had found somebody like that. And he said there just he said there would be no way that it could be done, and not actually yeah. someone would bleed to death, and uh, uh, and even if you didn't, it it's yeah. really not. It would be very difficult to do, unless especially out of a hospital environment. And I checked on the girl. Later, she had moved on. A, a church had come and picked her up and moved her to another location. And I had given her my business card. And about two weeks later, uh, I get a call from a detective in、uh, New Jersey, where the girl had turned up. And I had been doing research on her and backtracking her, and I found out she wasn't 15 years old. She was actually 21, and she enjoyed、oh. impersonating young people. And she was actually on the run, where she <laughs> had been、um, pretending to be a juvenile at a, in another state, and had been. Reported that she had been sexually assaulted by her、uh, 17-year-old boyfriend, and that she was 15. And it ended up once they got their investigation going and and everything, they found out that she was actually 21, and they had charged her with、uh, a, a sexual assault on the on the the boyfriend. And it it was just very bizarre. And she ended up going to New Jersey and. Uh, the detective up there charged her with、uh, obtaining false property under false pretense for lying to the church about her, her record and everything. And he sent me a photograph of her mugshot, and she looked every day. She actually looked like she's closer to thirty in her mugshot.、Uh, <laughs> but she did. She appeared very young, and she presented herself as a as a young person. And she not only fooled the Church staff, the group home staff, but she fooled all the、yeah. kids too, and that's hard to do. The boy who charged the nickel, he's probably owns his own business now or something. Uh huh. So he's he's a good entrepreneur. Probably <laughs> right, quite、yes. the entrepreneur. <laughs> Yeah, that's it.、Uh, yeah. Oh man, we're gonna have to start telling some crazy stories about men because as of right now, <laughs> oh, I, the ladies I, I are seeing a little bit on the insane side. It is what it is. <laughs> oh, crazy about men. We're not all、uh, like that. <laughs> and women live longer. How does this happen? I don't understand. We just claim to be younger than. There's actually a horror movie. Oh, that's a, that's a, that is the answer. Where this woman's like thirty-something years old and she poses like she's a teenager or something. I don't remember the name of the movie. Yes, but it. Oh,、mm. uh, it was so creepy. That's a. I have to. Maybe that'll make a good novel. I have to. I have to work on that. Put that aside or write me out a quick outline. <laughs> so, so I feel like CJ has、yeah. challenged you. To She just threw down the gauntlet. There, <laughs> down the gauntlet. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Maybe the male cases are just more straightforward. It's like this is what happened. 
next time on All Things Unexplained. Uh, I had a gentleman that uh, who claimed that he was possessed, and I sat in the hospital with him when he would pop in and out different uh, voices and, and uh, different types of personalities. You've been listening to All Things Unexplained. If you liked this podcast, please do give us a five-star rating and leave us a review. If you would like to hear more All Things Unexplained, be sure to follow us wherever you listen to your podcasts. If you'd like to learn more about our show, you can visit us at www.allthingsunexplained.com. And if you'd like to support our show, please do visit buymeacoffee.com backslash unexplained. A special thanks to our producer, director, sound mixer, editor, and the man that wears far too many hats. No, seriously, he has a lot of hats, Dr. Tim Mounts. Without you, we couldn't keep the lights on. Thanks for listening to All Things Unexplained. This has been All Things Unexplained.